This is episode 45, titled, Homeless and Worthy, Music Heals. As Regalamia says, we are all worthy of love and appreciation, especially those most forgotten. The Worthy Community Project is using music to raise the awareness and funds for the homeless in local homeless shelters in San Diego, California. What's most unique about this particular episode is how Regalamia shares with us her own healing through music. And now, as an indie singer-songwriter, she uses music to bring awareness to social issues, reawakening humanity one song at a time. Today on AlternativeHealthToolsPodcast.com, where we discover and share together new alternative health tools and resources from alternative healthcare practitioners and other experts. The first step of all of it was just before I even thought about sharing the music with the world, I used music to heal myself. Mm. My songs were the only space where I felt safe enough to express my emotions and my pain and process it and mm-hmm. get through it. You'll hear so many songs um, of mine that are really heartbreaking, but towards the end and in the middle, they have this aspect of just understanding the other person's perspective. You know, why did someone hurt you? Mm-hmm. Are they hurting themselves? Mm-hmm. And this whole struggle that we all go through of, do I need to be the better person and feel compassion? And how can I do that when I have so much rage? Regalamia, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you, John? I'm good, because you said earlier you're uh, finishing up some work in the studio, aren't you? Yes. I, I'm Literally, this is the very last day of recording for my new song, Worthy. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Soon to be released. Yes. May 14th. Very exciting. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like I said, you know, I want to make sure people know about that. And off the top, we can tell them, right. but they're going to want to actually hear the rest of this uh, conversation because I'm going to yeah, ask some questions to sort of uh, let people know who you really are. I love it. Yeah. So where will it be on the 14th? This is at Trilogy Sanctuary in La Jolla. It's from 7 to 10 at night. It's going to be a fantastic event. Uh, I'll be playing live in concert. Mm-hmm. There'll be uh, a live painter as well as a silent auction, all kinds of games. Mm-hmm. It's um, The whole project is a, is a fundraiser for the homeless. It's also raising awareness for the homeless. Mm-hmm. So all proceeds of the event will go to the Brunch Club, which is a nonprofit organization in our area that's helping the homeless directly. And uh, the founder will be there as well. So it'll be really fun. And then the very last thing to happen will be the music video release. Nice. Yeah. That night. That night. And it'll be released to the public much later. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. people that will be there are really going to be the only people that will ever be able to see it. And everyone else is just going to have to wait a few weeks. Nice. Mm -hmm. Great. So for people that don't know, it's in La Jolla, California. Yes. Southern California. Yes. (laughs) So, you know, I haven't been there yet, but every time I ask people if they've been there, they go, it's amazing. In La Jolla or Trilogy? Trilogy. It is. It is. Yeah, it's a magical place. Um, The person um, who runs it, or the person I've been in contact with, Matt, um, is the one who's doing the event. Mm -hmm. Um, It's basically, the, the way people normally know Trilogy is the rooftop area. Mm-hmm. And there's like live yoga sessions in the air. There's all kinds Aerial of aerial yoga. Yes, there's um, vegan uh, a vegan restaurant there as well, and they have really yummy foods, uh, all kinds of smoothies and fun drinks like that. There's mm-hmm. a lounge area. It overlooks 
the most amazing part of La Jolla. It's right in the center of things. It's it's just it is glorious. So the people that are doing aerial yoga, do they just show up and do it? No, there there are classes. Uh-huh. So Trilogy is really kind of like a a little mini hub for all kinds of fun things mm-hmm. that happen and they have their schedules but it's just it's literally a sanctuary mm-hmm. for all kinds of things like that nice um so there's a lot of events that get hosted there yeah mm-hmm. nice yeah i'm looking forward to it i was going to try to get to it last weekend but didn't i might get to it this weekend well before next weekend you're going to have access to a place in trilogy that no one normally does because of the event nice. uh, normally like i said people mm. just know the rooftop yes. but they've actually just finished renovating a bottom um level mm-hmm. it's it's completely i think it's almost like five rooms that they've just combined into one Mm -hmm. and one wall is mostly just glass windows that overlooks the sunset and they've just like they've just finished decking it out and it's Mm. we're going to be the first event hosted there that will have that full ready feeling for their new space so you're breaking it in yep you're uh it sounds this event uh, and it sounds like with what you do is almost ceremonial yes definitely. so what i would like to do like if someone's like going to a hike in a mountain, mm-hmm. they sort of fix their gaze on the mountain and then just figure out how to get there. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So you and I met because you were looking for a place to live. Yes. And I knew immediately this was somebody I wanted to get to know, especially said since you started <laughs> talking about the music and everything yes. else and what your needs were. Mm-hmm. So, and then... And you just came back from like six years in Germany, right? Yeah, I did. I spent a lot of time in Europe uh, yeah. perfecting my craft. Nice. So what, what, how did you get here? I mean, when did you first start playing music? Where are you from? Who are yeah. you? So I did, contrary to popular belief, I actually did grow up here um, mm-hmm. in San Diego. I uh, mm-hmm. traveled around a lot. And mm-hmm. then when I was... Um, a bit older, I went to Germany for about six years. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother was the one who took me there. Mm. And um, yeah, I've sang and and played music and been interested in it since I was little. Mm-hmm. But I never really got super into it until I was about 13. That's when I really started writing songs and using music as my channel um, to really get through um, the difficult times I had. Mm-hmm. So, were you playing guitar, piano? Piano first. Uh Uh Um, Funny thing, the only reason I learned guitar was because there was a time where my mother left me for a short while Mm -hmm. somewhere, and there was no piano, but someone had a guitar, so I just picked it up, and I had to write music, so I wrote it on there, and Mm -hmm. now I learned guitar, so... Nice. Yeah. But mostly you play piano. Piano is definitely my main instrument. Mm -hmm. There's also a real uh, healing aspect of all this. I agree. So that's part of the reason, part of what I wanted to talk about is healing and then generational stuff, because we had talked about that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so you can just... uh, Go for it. Go for it. Oh, I'll go for it. Um, So basically, um, the first step, Mm -hmm. uh, because my my music is extremely intentional, especially in terms of healing, Uh, but the first step of all of it was just before I even thought about sharing the music with the world, I used music to heal myself. Mm. My songs were the only space where I felt safe enough to express my emotions and my pain and process it and mm-hmm. get through it. You'll hear so many songs um, of mine that are really heartbreaking, but towards the end and in the middle, they have this aspect of just understanding the other person's perspective. You know, why did someone hurt you? 
Mm-hmm. Are they hurting themselves? Mm-hmm. And this whole struggle that we all go through of, do I need to be the better person and feel compassion? And how can I do that when I have so much rage? And balancing that and accepting mm-hmm. both aspects of ourselves, that um, that's something that just really just was embodied in my music. Mm-hmm. Um, and that started pretty early for you. Yes. Well, Poetry, all my art was expressive like that. And so then, you've done a lot of poetry, too. Yes. I'm, I'm all kinds of artsy. Um, I paint uh, huge, huge acrylic paintings. I write poetry. I dance. And I play music. All kinds of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So how, in terms of your own process? Yeah. What, uh, how do you know you must... How, how do you know to start? I feel a very specific movement in my chest, really, I guess, my solar plexus. Mm-hmm. And I always know when I'm writing a song that's good because I'll hit the notes. I always I always write music. I write the melody and, uh, and the vocals at the same time. Mm-hmm. And if I'm hitting the notes and I'm singing and my eyes start to water, I know it's a good song. And that happens every time that I... So all the songs that have been released, that, that moment has always happened. Mm-hmm. Nice. And the mm-hmm. ones where you... Don't your eyes don't water? I actually don't finish those. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. It, it doesn't feel, but that honestly that rarely happens mm-hmm. because I I so rarely I never force myself to write. It only happens when I'm so overwhelmed with whatever emotion it is or whatever process it is that I that I need to express it. Mm-hmm. So all my songs come from a really authentic, vulnerable place, and I think so, I think that's what makes it so special. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Yes. Well, if you remember right, when we uh, finally made it to Aztec. Yes. It you know, <laughs> took weeks. It took weeks. Um, Aztec Brewery in Vista here nearby. Is Such a, a great place. It's a great place. Yeah. They have like one of the best open mics I've ever been to. I And agree. I've gone to a lot. Yes. Yeah. So like Thursday night. So when you showed up, <laughs> Tristan and I moved the piano. I know. I know. So I moved sweet. the piano. But it was just like you just sat down and killed it. It was amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. People paid attention. I, I've heard that a lot um, because of my performances. I, I just, I'm just singing from that place as if I'm alone in my room. I don't really mm-hmm. perform as mm-hmm. much. I'm not really focused on the audience while I'm in the song. Mm-hmm. Afterwards and before, of course, you know, deciding mm-hmm. what to play. But when I'm singing, I'm just singing. And I've heard so many people tell me that if it's a loud room, you know, and I just start playing, people get quiet and they really listen. And it happens almost every time. Mm-hmm. So that's always been a cool thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it was very cool. It was very cool. So what are some of your aspirations for uh, the near future? I mean, you've been doing this a while. Yeah, a few years. I mean, as far as vocal training goes, I've only had official training for about a year. Mm-hmm. And I never I never had, you know, um, piano lessons or, or mm-hmm. any um, songwriting lessons or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was never prepared in that sense. It was just something that kind of came naturally to me. Mm-hmm. Well, as you know, it's like I'm really curious about uh, different generations. Yes. Millennials. Yes. Okay. So um, I read a fabulous book called The Fourth Turning, mm. which uh, sort of described – I described the book as a – at the history and cycles in America. Mm. And there's many, many different cycles that keep repeating. Yes. You know, and it's like it explains why often – Kids have a tendency to, you know, have a stronger rapport with their grandparents, of course, than they do their parents. Mm -hmm. But I I just have this curiosity in terms of what drives you. 
what drives yes. maybe if you were to speak for your age group. Yeah. I hate labels. I think they're for pickle jars. <laughs> I'm going to use that quote. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome to. I stole it from somebody else. Okay. But, you know, I mean, how would you how would you describe what's going on, what you see, what you yeah. feel, what are the challenges? I mean, it's I don't want to pretend to know. So, yeah. I'd love to know sort of where you're at with that, what you mm. see and if you were to speak for your generation, what would you say? For my generation, well, I think we face, just like any generation, we face our own specific sets of issues and, and new awakenings. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for us, uh, we're the first generation to have access to so many people, mm-hmm. to so many uh, different forms of entertainment and exposure to different things. We've never had this much violence on television, this much good also, you know, mm-hmm. just there's there's such a... A large amount of content that we see. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I think we have the most possibilities and opportunities than any generation ever before. We, you know, look at all the colleges that you can go to, look at the options there are for getting a job or mm-hmm. making your own company or creating whatever you'd like to create, putting it on the internet, making money off of it. Mm-hmm. Just it's almost unimaginable to think 20 years ago, so many things that we can do now were never possible. Mm-hmm. And yet our entire generation, at least the majority of us are completely blind to using those opportunities. A lot of us feel stuck. Mm. Even think, I mean, the, the youth, let's think, you know, even college, mm. think of people in high school and college and going through that. They feel pressured to one, even go that route to choose a place to they study. They feel pressured to do it. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would think so. With no promises. Exactly. No promises, huge amounts of debt. Mm, I know that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I think I think mostly there's just a lot of built up frustration. Personally, I mean what I feel it is my job to speak out about mm-hmm. is that we have so many possibilities and yet so many people don't use them and I think that's because they don't feel the courage or the inspiration to. Mm-hmm. And it's not that we don't have enough role models. Mm-hmm. It's that no one's speaking directly towards them to do it as well. No one is speaking directly to them. To, to the generation, to my generation. Uh-huh. To encourage that? Yeah. Okay. So uh, if people say, wow, look at Steve Jobs, who mm-hmm. created this amazing company, or mm-hmm. look at... Um, I don't know, a woman who, who raised thousands and thousands of dollars mm-hmm. for a charity outreach. Mm-hmm. No one's going specifically to say, you can do this too. You can, mm-hmm. you can fulfill your own dreams. Because a lot of our generation mm-hmm. is just on their Instagram feed looking at fashion designers and people with no, no uh, inspiration to do good. Mm-hmm. Think of the role models that are out there, the people that, that my generation look up to. Mm-hmm. Give me an example. Who do you look the, up to? Who, well, I, I've never had the same role models as others. <laughs> <laughs> well, who are your role models? And then we can... Oh, um, my well, my childhood hero and the person that shaped my life the most has absolutely and always been Mar- um, Martin Luther King Jr. Mm. Always, always. Nice. I was just so mystified and overwhelmed by how, how much he transcended with love. Mm-hmm. All of that hate and just mm-hmm. with love. It was it was so inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. He's definitely been my, my biggest 
role model Good. out there. <laughs> what does he do for you? I think his passion moves so many people. And to see that on a large scale is what moved me. To see someone bring up the injustices in the world, and instead of invoking a revolution in the sense of people fighting and mm-hmm. people catching other things on fire and, and mm-hmm. all this violence that can easily occur, instead, he asked us to love and show compassion for those that had hurt them in such tremendous ways. And mm-hmm. that's what I've dedicated my life to, is teaching others the same thing. Because there's no point in not showing compassion to others. Because we don't grow from that. Yeah. There's, there's just no point yeah. otherwise. Yeah. So for um, other people. Yes. Who do they look up to, do you think? I see, honestly, I just see a lot of people who don't have the depth. They don't look up to people that have depth. Okay. I don't, rappers, Jay-Z or 50 Cent or... You know, all those singers. Um, so the so-called exterior, artists, not the internal. Yes, very much so. Everyone is, well, not everyone, but I feel like a lot of people are so obsessed with becoming successful, but not the true successful. Just, mm-hmm. you know, I want a lot of money. I want a big house. I want a big car. Mm-hmm. But not, I want to love others. I want to inspire others. Mm-hmm. I want to have a life that is filled with joy. No one thinks about that. Because they associate joy and happiness with those exterior things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my uh, thing I've been working on for the last couple of years is just going deeper into understanding the difference between a standard of living and a quality of life. Yes. So I think a lot of people trade in a, their quality of life for a standard of living. Absolutely and then typically true. wake up one day and go, oops. Yes. That oops. I think that oops happens far too late. Yeah. When does it happen? What, 40s, 50s, 60s? Yeah, typically. Just about, yeah. yeah. But for, for men, I, I think 40s can be, a, you know, for men, I think 40s, eh, pretty typical. Yeah. A man often goes, oh, gosh, I didn't accomplish what mm-hmm, I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe there's something else in, you know. Missing. Yeah, there's something yeah. much larger going exactly. on here that maybe you need to, you know, for me, that certainly was what it was. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, what's distraughtful to me, which um, somewhat painful, is knowing full well that you can go to college and used to be you would enter the job force and have some sort of security or job, mm-hmm. or, but not anymore. You have to make it yourself. It's true. So what does your generation need from others? What do, you know, what do they need? I think they need, or we need direction. Mm-hmm. Because... I mean, like, like you just said, people become aware that their standard of living is not equal to their quality of life that they really wanted. And they become aware of that in their 40s. We need to start becoming aware of that when we're born hmm. and keep it that way. Mm-hmm. That's what I think needs to happen. But obviously, that, that's not really reality. So let's make it happen at 13. Mm-hmm. When did you 12. think? Yeah. Did you think you realized it at a certain point? I think I was blessed with an incredibly creative thinker for a mother who mm-hmm. never had me think that it was any different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, huh? Yeah. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. So, with all that, you can inspire others. 
Definitely. That's my ultimate goal. Of course, I really, I don't limit myself to just my generation. I don't feel specifically inclined to help just one generation, but just generally people. Yeah. Just helping others to yeah. to fulfill their dreams and to to feel happy and yeah. just enjoy life in the true sense mm-hmm. to come to become aware as soon as possible of what really matters mm-hmm. because what, and what really matters to me that yeah. would be love compassion kindness you sound like and a buddhist i don't mean it in the sense of oh these are ideals that you follow because this makes you a good person i mean Act this way mm-hmm. because it makes you feel so much more fulfilled than ever before. I don't mean pretend to be kind to others. I mean, feel mm-hmm. the abundance and gratitude of your life and feel it overflowing so much through you that you have to give out because it doesn't make sense to not do that anymore. Mm-hmm. No one would live in scarcity or hate or anger if they felt fulfilled from the inside out. Mm-hmm. What sparked you to do this benefit for the homeless? Mm. Where where did that seed start? Honestly, it started at a very random moment. I was being driven by um, the boyfriend of my friend, very fun, funky guy. And we're driving over this bridge. And he goes and points out the window and he says, Hey, you know, under this bridge, there's a hobo graveyard. Hobo graveyard? Hobo, hobo graveyard. Yeah, in um, like Vista area. Really? I never saw it. Mm-hmm. it. It didn't, I didn't feel like I needed to go there. It was just one, the idea that, you know, hobo mm-hmm. graveyard, like, a ho- I, I always hated that word anyway. Mm-hmm. But realizing that there's a space where people are forgotten and they're so forgotten that when they die, no one's there. Mm-hmm. And there's a space where people go and say, this person was there and they don't have any family, they don't have any friends, but I'll just you know, put a rock here, say that was Joe. Wow. So sad. And that that's what touched me. And that's when I realized, I you know, I never thought about the homeless that much before. Mm-hmm. I really hadn't. And then all of a sudden it was like, wow. It exists. It, it exists. didn't exist for you before yes. then. And then all of a sudden, okay, these are people that are hurting, mm-hmm. that are alone and afraid, and we ignore them. They're not in our society and it, it, it that was the that was the spark mm-hmm. and i wrote this song deliberately i mean i had my own movement i was going through my own pain but when i was writing the chorus i had this vision of the music video while i was writing the song knowing that this song was going to be for this music video that i had come up with mm-hmm. while writing it so it was mm-hmm. a very powerful experience it felt very um almost serendipitous mm-hmm. or even more profound than that do you feel like uh, like in moments like that, there's almost a higher calling for this to happen? Yes. I mean, you know, we haven't talked too much about, we haven't talked at all, actually, about any kind of spiritual background. That's true, yeah. So where do you find spirit in your life? Mm, I, I've never um, committed to any specific religion um, or any deity. I feel that our world is far too beautiful to be an accident, and... Hmm. I think regardless of of what may or may not be out there, I've always felt driven to be a part of something bigger than myself. For me, that means helping whoever I can and how many people I can. And being a part of that is what makes me feel whole, what makes me feel what people might call, you know, spiritually satisfied. 
So it sounds like you don't, uh, what you're partially saying is you don't really need a religion if you're connected. That could be, yeah. But I feel, and I know so many beautiful, amazing people that use their religion as their connector, Mm -hmm. as their channel. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's completely possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I mean, it's a very big topic. I think a lot of religion is sometimes tweaked by a certain people who want control or power. We've seen that in history multiple times over and over again. Um, you know, great leaders using religion to manipulate and to to use it as an excuse to gain power over certain lands, etc. But but at its core, I think the true essence of religion and spiritual, you know, um, pursuit is just to feel more connected with what is around us and what is inside of us, mm-hmm. that good inside of all of us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what matters. Mm-hmm. I think when we're constantly growing Mm -hmm. and evolving, we don't have a craving to go back in the past Mm -hmm. because we're so content with what's in the present. Mm -hmm. So here's what's really great about music and producing something, writing something and performing something is that, is that, you know, you you can be present all the time, but Mm -hmm. there's a bit of planning in your life that needs to happen, right? Oh, of course. (laughs) You had to plan the audio, I had to plan the video, I had to plan the release. Yes. Trilogy and all this other stuff, mm-hmm. but ultimately, there's this moment where that's all done mm-hmm. and put to bed, mm-hmm. and then you just show up. Yes. Okay, so that's what I experienced with your first performance I saw you at, at Aztec. It's like moving the piano, doing all this stuff, mm-hmm. are you going to be there, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And just the hubbub of you know everything that was going on there. Mm-hmm. And then once the piano set up, the mic set up, and all the rest of it, man, you were just like totally present. Thank so, you. Yeah, no, it's for anybody listening out there anywhere near La Jolla, I'd highly recommend going to the event on the twenty. Or excuse me, on the 14th. Yeah, thank you. I Yeah. Are there any other organizations affiliated with the, the event? Um, I mean, there's got to be some... Just the Brunch Club is the main one. That's really... Okay, so um, what is the Brunch Club? The Brunch Club is a nonprofit organization based mm-hmm. in San Diego that um, raises money for the homeless. They help um, with uh, food, water, hygiene, hygiene mm-hmm. giving people clothing, but they also help with um, long-term um, food plans so that people are properly um, have the proper nutrition they need, mm-hmm. mental illness. Mm-hmm. They help with your post-traumatic stress disorder to make sure mm-hmm. that if you need to, that you can get through that. And their current project that they're raising money for, which I believe is so vital, so important is helping the homeless with the transition of getting off the streets Hmm. so job applications really connecting them to quality places where they can start earning a living on their own Mm -hmm. yeah that's tough that's it's so tough yeah that's not going to be easy for a lot of people too so that's what they're really that's their goal that's what we're they're raising money for right now And uh, Jennifer, the woman who ran this project, it's a grassroots company that mm-hmm. I think they just started about two years ago. This is their second anniversary party as well as the music video release. Mm-hmm. Um, she's an amazing person. The whole I love the whole idea. When I heard about them, they were, I mean, she was suggested to me by multiple people. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we connected, she was like, your music is so perfect for this. And I said, your company is so perfect for this. So it worked out really well. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So uh, then after that, what? After the release of after the fourteenth, yeah. Oh, I have I have some very have big some, plans. Yeah, oh yeah, yes, yeah, you already yes. have stuff. Going I'm on. I'm actually an incredibly organized person for being so artsy. I believe that. Yeah, I. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I, I can't. I don't know if I should announce it yet, though, what I'm doing. Can you just give a little bit? A little bit. Ooh, okay. Just um, even a, you know, could be a cone. Well. Something that didn't make sense. Number one, I'm going to be doing um, some more live shows. I've been kind of reclusing uh, mm-hmm. for the event. I will also be doing some live shows in Europe. Mm, nice. <laughs> so I'll be touring Germany. Nice. And uh, when I get back from the tour, which will be around, I'm guessing, August mm-hmm. or September, I will be launching a very, very big project. Mm-hmm. But for now, that information is only for the people that are on my newsletter. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. So how do they get to you? Oh, on my website. You know, you can find, you can subscribe to my newsletter there. And do you want to give everyone that yes. address? Spell it out? Yes. Well, actually, everything goes into the show notes on alternativehealthtools.com awesome. for the show. But yeah, it's super easy. It's just regalamia.music at gmail.com. And then you can find that in the notes under the podcast as well. Um, yeah, just go Regalamia. there. music at gmail.com. That's, G- the, that's the email. email address. And the website where you can subscribe as well is regalamia.music.com. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Good. Everything's pretty simple to remember. Oh, yeah. oh it's just regalamiamusic.com. No dot. Sorry about that. <laughs> Regalamusic, yeah. Regalamiamusic.com. Yeah, 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 yeah. So from there, you, they can actually get to your YouTube channel, right? Yeah, you can get, you can have access to all of my music videos, my YouTube channel, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. What else? What else? Ooh. Well, you know, I'd actually really like to talk about my music um, as a healing tool a bit more. Please do. Yeah, you got me going there. I'd like to just continue um, because that was really just the first step, expressing okay. completely. Um, but really, my songs were a secret. Oh, all all the way up until maybe like a year ago, there were your complete, songs were a secret. Yes, no mean? one knew that I wrote songs. No one knew that I. So I, this came from where? What do you mean? Well, you wrote all this music and... and <laughs> it then, was a secret. I just kept it in my room and never dared share it with anyone, what, ever. What made you decide? Well, um, I had shared it with a few select friends. And one day I was just... Someone said, you need to you need to do this. You People have to hear your music. And so as an experiment, I released my first music video. Which was? Rega- oh, Never Wake Me Up. Never Wake Me Up is yes. an amazing video. Thank you. Mm. The very first one I did with one of the saddest songs I've ever written. I know. Yeah. The uh, What's actually really great about that music video is, one, it happened completely spontaneously with a friend of mine. We did it together. Mm-hmm. All my friends are like professional photographers, videographers, and stuff like that. So it came out really nice. Um, but where we filmed it is in the house where all of that ugliness happened. All your pain? Mm-hmm, from that specific song. Which you probably don't want to talk about. No, but... <laughs> just go listen, watch the video. You, yeah, the video. Yeah, I feel talking about it more would be redundant. Mm-hmm. It's so clear in the songs. That is amazing. Yeah. Thank so you. did you have to go back to this place? Mm-mm, I you, was still there. You were still there. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So you wanted to talk more about the healing, so go ahead. Yes. So once I released that video... Mm-hmm. I got such an amazing response. I got messages on Facebook and emails from people saying how moved they were. They were telling me their own personal stories and how they finally felt that someone understood them and that they had no idea that I was going through that. And it mm. just made them feel so much more, you know, just not alone. Not alone, yeah. And it had inspired me so much that I realized I, I really, I really can't 
keep my music to myself. Mm -hmm. So I I really did it from a place of just feeling like this is something that people need to hear that they want to hear, Mm -hmm. that, that can be so healing and so moving. And I was always, still to this day, I'm ter- I'm just sick of the terrible pop music. Oh, Top okay. 10 charts. I could, oh gosh, I can't stand it. I can't. There's no depth. Mm-hmm. There's no honesty. There's no authenticity. Mm-hmm. There's maybe 4%. There's no art to it. No, it's calculated. Mm-hmm. And the stuff that isn't calculated, there's like, it scratches the surface mm-hmm. of the surface of our hearts. Mm-hmm. Barely. Mm-hmm. And for me, music is this movement of passion and emotion. And mm-hmm. it, it's how our heart speaks. Mm-hmm. And to think of that being violated the way that it is, for me, that's what it feels like. I couldn't, I, I didn't like it. I, so it almost feels like I'm contributing to, you know, bring more depth back mm-hmm. into the world. Mm-hmm. And my small little bits that I can. So you were a secret. Mm-hmm. The secret got out. Yes. And this is all a part of your healing. So there's two things that, that are sort of I'm taking away. Yeah. With these, which is number one, is like in terms of other people, mm-hmm. it's like there's two important aspects to it. Number one, create mm-hmm. to try to express yourself and what's going on with your pain, if that's yes. what it is. Or your joy, if that's what it mm-hmm. is. And then the second aspect is to share it. Yes. Right? I have a three-step process in my music, in the consciousness Mm -hmm. of my music. It's very apparent um, in my songs. I wrote this out um, for myself, and I realized that this was such a huge part of my music, Mm -hmm. is that every song is at a different level. So I have songs that are at the level of expression, just pure getting it out there it could be ugly and terrible and sad and it has its own like that has its own meaning to it that has its own healing power to it just being able to have someone finally speak out the things that you've been terrified of speaking out and to get that out in the open the second type of song i write is a song of acceptance and i think that is one of the most I think it's the most fascinating ones. Never Wake Me Up, I believe, is, is a good example of that. Or another one um, called Trenches, which isn't out yet, but same thing. It just has this beautiful mix of sadness and yet this awareness that there is more compassion and love there than there could be, that there's more beauty and that I'm just not quite there yet. You know, it's this mix, and I love that mix. I love that depth and that, that grittiness of it all. And the third that I write, and it really takes me a few songs before I get to this point, is um, growth and compassion. And I have songs that are purely compassionate and understanding, completely aware of the ugliness and bringing it out, but really embracing it in a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. And so my songs really help me grow. And I mean that in the deepest way possible. It's not just me expressing myself, but each song really wonderfully displays how I got through my difficulties. Each song has its own step in my life, in the way that I transformed and grew my consciousness. Yeah. So that's definitely, that's the main aspect. That's why it's healing. Mm -hmm. So... After all of that, you started looking around. I mean, even the, the benefits you're doing for the homeless, you started looking around at other people's pain or mm-hmm. the pain that other whatever, um, difficulties that other people may be having and wanting to express it. Yes. Do you, these other projects that you were not allowed to talk about, 
<laughs> yet. You know, are they all centered around that a little bit? Or? Um, yes, um, probably not in the most concrete way that you're thinking. Mm-hmm. So, um, number one, like I said, my songs depict my growth and, and my expression. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe just by sharing those songs, people can benefit from that and people can grow from that. But yes, I like using my songs as the foundation of my own growth. And then putting a project, connecting a project with that song release that just like throws it through the roof and says, yes, this is the pain you're feeling. And someone feels that exact same pain and you can help them. And all of a sudden you're already committing to the next step, step of your growth. And that's amazing. And that's what I love. So my all my projects I want to, or all my music video releases, all my, any events that I do, I want them to be connected with community projects and charities. Mm-hmm. So yes, I will always have the future projects, at least the ones that I'm planning now, will be connected to charities or community projects. Mm-hmm. I really love the idea of bringing people together and speaking and thinking about a profound change. Mm-hmm. And really making sure that the events that I host give you the opportunity to do that, to make yourself a part of that change. Very nice. Thank you. Yeah. So now let's talk about the Worthy Project. Yes. Um, The Worthy Project, it just gives me chills thinking about it. because Yes, this is the first project that I've had the opportunity of creating that completely embodies my vision of what I want to do with my music, which is connecting it with charities and community projects. So, um, yeah, basically, um, like I said, that first spark of inspiration over the bridge, realizing what that was about. And it sent me through this whole spiral into why, why don't we help the homeless? Really? I mean, yeah, we we donate to charities, but I just kept thinking about my own process and I realized more and more and I got connected more and more with this issue because I saw the reason that I didn't help the homeless. What was that reason? And it was, this is how I thought of it. When I walk down the street and I see a homeless person, I do everything I can to politely avoid eye contact. And then I thought, why do I do that? It's like, oh, well, I don't want them to beg and I don't want to have to say no. Then I thought, no, that's not the real reason. What's the real reason? And I realized that when I look into someone's eyes, I know that that's a person. That, that's just a person. <laughs> We're the same. And then I realized I'm terrified of being homeless. I'm terrified of losing my, my job and my house and my money and my security. And for me to become aware that that person is just like me, means that that I could easily be in that place. And I'm not. And why? Because I'm lucky. And that's scary. And I think seeing the homeless and becoming aware of that issue makes you more aware of just how insecure you can be. And then I thought, well, I don't want to be afraid of that. I don't want my fear to prevent me from helping others. And that it just, it was amazing to me. And it, it got me into a further spiral um, of thinking back into when I took psychology. And I realized this is the same thing, society, like society-wise, that happens to people who've been raped. Mm-hmm. And I'll explain why. When someone is raped, we tend to, the woman or the victim tends to feel ashamed. 
And everyone tends to shun the woman just a little bit. Even though they know it's not at all her fault, people feel, oh, she, she did something. Why is that? It's because thinking she did something to make that happen makes the other person safe. Because otherwise it could happen to anyone, and that's a terrifying thought. So we shun that person. Yes. Same thing with the homeless. We are terrified of losing our houses and losing our money and our security. And we think, oh, I don't want to believe that that's a possibility. So I'm going to shun this person. And we do it in a subtle subconscious way. It's not at all intentional, but it happens all the time. Just because someone doesn't have money, we think they don't deserve to use a restroom inside or they don't deserve to talk to us or to look at us. That's preposterous. That's or ridiculous. to ask for what they need and yes, they want. Yes, exactly. All of a sudden, they lose respect and they lose their... They, they're not seen mm-hmm. by society anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's a complete injustice. Mm-hmm. And that was the depth of where I got. And that's when I realized, okay, I'm making this happen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about what I realized. Because I know that a lot of people must have this too. Mm-hmm. That has to be the reason. Because that's the honest reason that I came up with, and we're all the same. I have an amazing, amazing um, video recording of me during uh, the filming of Worthy talking about this. Just as soon as it popped into my head, the exact realization of this happening. It's super intense. I'm going to be posting it soon. Just just to to talk about that movement that, that happens, that awareness. Right. But anyway, so once I realized that... I completely became clear about what I wanted the music video to be about, mm-hmm. which is basically I thought, okay, I'm terrified of looking the homeless in the eye, right? But once I do, I become aware that these are just beautiful people that just happen to not have a house, and that's the only difference. So the whole music video will be me singing this song to the homeless in one-on-one sessions, giving them love and attention just for them just loving them because that's what they need. I went and I fed the homeless with a group of people. I handed them the bag of food and I was absolutely shocked to see them take it and not even look at it, not open it, just put it aside. And they just started talking. They started looking us in the eye and they were just so positively excited to talk to someone, to have connection with someone. And I realized that's their food. That's what they want. So, I'm doing this. I went to shelters. I'm going on the streets this weekend with my guitar and my cameraman, and I'm just going to go sing the song to people and love people and do what, and do that and have that be what they need and give that to them mm-hmm. the way that I hadn't been able to for so long. Mm-hmm. And shoot it, basically, so yeah. people can experience that. Yeah. So the, the actual music video filming is a process for me to give back to the homeless on a personal level. Mm-hmm. And the music video specifically for society, for the public, for all of us mm-hmm. who are afraid and not aware that we're afraid mm-hmm. to become aware and look at these people and realize, oh, you know what? These are beautiful, amazing people that just happen to not have money, a house, because of bad luck. And that's the Worthy Project. That's the Worthy Project. Mm-hmm. Sounds phenomenally worthy to attend. Thank you. Yeah. So once again, that's uh, <clears throat> May 14th, 2016, mm-hmm. Trilogy La Jolla, yeah. starting at 7, seven o'clock. Go until about 10. Yes. In a beautiful location. 
in a very special place that it's been created, really, yes. for this event. Yes. That's pretty amazing. I'm so excited. I cannot wait to release this. Mm-hmm. And everyone, if anyone wants tickets, they're available on my website, and you can get them directly there. Okay. So given that some people will probably not hear this for until after... <laughs> Right. Mm-hmm. How do they? What's the best way to stay in touch with you forever and ever, or to find it? Uh, just do a search on uh, YouTube, maybe. Yeah, if you type in my name and Google, I'm oh. the first thing that comes up. Okay. If you really want to stay connected with what I'm doing, subscribe to my newsletter. Okay. Because that's the only place that I'm really doing promotions, where you really find out when I'm going somewhere live. You know, when mm-hmm. I'm doing a concert, mm-hmm. or what my project is. Mm-hmm. I also invite often volunteers. So anyone who wants to be a part of this project or my next thing mm-hmm. can be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. All right. So everybody out there, um, phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you so much for letting me talk. Yeah. That's so great. show notes will also have all the links to yes. everything we've talked about. Yes. And so just go to alternativehealthtools.com and... Um, I'm sure, pretty sure the title of this episode is going to have the word homeless in it. Yeah. Okay. I think so too. <laughs> in fact, it may just be named homeless <laughs> with your name. I like it. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So until next time, thanks for listening. And uh, this is alternativehealthtools.com, the podcast. And we will talk to you next time. And by the way, you can always stop by the uh, website and feel free to email us from the contact page. And we'll be doing a follow-up blab. Mm, so excited. Yeah. So <clears throat> this will get released on the 10th, and it uh, will give people a few days to sort of listen to it, but I'll start marketing it. So we scheduled the blab on the 12th, I think, the Thursday. Mm, definitely, yeah. It was Thursday. Yeah, like 3 what o'clock time? in the three. afternoon. Yes, it was 3. Yeah, we like 3 o'clock. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's going to be a great opportunity to find out more. Look Mia right in the eye because it's video. Yeah. All Look right. me in the eye, people. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See you all later. Bye. Bye.